Hello. And welcome to this episode of Q2. Today, we are going to talk about hypotheses versus research questions and when to use each in quantitative and qualitative research. So Dr. Lane, do you wanna start with a which is which and talk about hypotheses? Yeah, in, in quantitative research, we actually can use both hypotheses and research questions. The main one that we focus on and emphasize and value the most is, is hypotheses. So a hypothesis is a statement. It's a, it's a claim, a strong claim. In quantitative research, we start with a theory and that theory then tells you what you should expect to see in the data. And so based on the theory, we can actually make a claim um, using previous evidence, previous research, what we've, like we have to do the literature review first and foremost, because that tells us what to look for. And once we know, okay, this is what I expect to see, we then make that statement, that claim, and that's our hypothesis. So again, it's the statement of expectation. There are two different kinds. We have a statement of relationship and of difference, which my quantitative students will learn the difference between those two types. Um, but both of them, regardless of what type of hypothesis it is, they're both a statement of what we expect to see. Now, it is possible to convert a hypothesis to a research question or vice versa, a research question to a hypothesis. Um, so like an example of that, if my hypothesis is a is related to B. As a research question, we would just ask, is A related to B? And that's just, it's a yes, no question. We find out, yes, it is, no, it isn't. Um, our statement A is related to B is either true or it's false. Um, so we can convert hypotheses and research questions. The thing is, hypotheses are more valued in quantitative research than research questions because it's a strong claim. It's saying, I've done the background work. I know what to expect. And so it's a, it's, there's more strength in a hypothesis than a research question. Whereas research questions in quantitative research are used when we don't know what to expect. Maybe the theory doesn't tell us enough about our specific context or the previous literature has mixed conclusions. So it could go this way, it could go that way. I don't really know. And so then we'd ask a research question. And that's why we say hypotheses are, are more valued in quantitative than research questions, because the research question is kind of saying, I don't really know what to expect. And we don't, we don't like that kind of uncertainty in quantitative. So we try and stay away from research questions as much as we can. But I know that's yeah. different for qualitative, right? Yeah, yeah, it, it, exactly. And it's the, um, so um, in qualitative research, you, don't necessarily know what to expect. You just know there's something that kind of surprises you or intrigues you or disturbs you and you want to know a little bit more about it. So you develop an open-ended question to try to, that you're going to seek an answer to in your research. So with qualitative research, we never use hypotheses. So the fact that in Not qualitative ever. research, ne never, 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 like mm -hmm. that is, I guess that's one of my, um, Okay, I'm going to say it's a source of irritation, but I try to like smile my way through it because I, I all the time have students coming into qualitative research methods and they like 
they have a hypothesis for me because I think we're, um, we're trained to kind of think that way. Like, is yeah. it this, is it that we're trying to prove something. And with qualitative research, you're not, you're not trying to prove anything and you're not trying to generalize to a larger population. You want to understand a phenomena in a certain context. You're seeking mm-hmm. to better understand something. So it tends to be more of a descriptive, um, initially a descriptive study. It can certainly, um, move towards more of a, um, a critical, um, you know, take a, try to, you know, change behavior, have something like that happen. So it doesn't have to just stay descriptive, but it's certainly, you're starting with trying to understand something to better describe the situation. And so you create open-ended research questions to find the answer to that. So hypothesis does not exist in, in qualitative Mm -hmm. research. Hmm. So um, I think, and I think, you know, with both of the with quantitative and qualitative research, both of both of us are trying to ask questions or present hypotheses that have some kind of significance. Like there has to be some kind of worth to what we're doing, like a rationale for why we're doing it. So the work that you were talking about with a hypothesis, kind of doing the um, the lit review and yeah. the all the like tons and tons of heavy lifting before you actually start your study qualitative researchers do a little bit of lifting, like you'll do a little bit of taking a peek into the literature, you know, do we know anything about this that might shape your thinking, but more of the, more of the heavy lifting in qualitative research comes after you've done the data collection and you're trying to make sense of all these things that you found. Hmm. Yeah, it definitely in quantitative research, it's, you know, it it is, it's just the normal process that we have to do extremely heavy lifting in in the front end or in the beginning of our study of reviewing all the literature, finding everything we can about the theory that we're using either to test or as support um, or as evidence of of what we want to find. You know, theoretically, if you do a good job with that and you really have a good argument for why you're hypothesizing what you're hypothesizing, once you've done all that work, then you can carefully plan how you're collecting your data and designing your study and measuring your variables. And then you collect your data. And honestly, after that, bing, bang, boom, it's analyzed. It's quick mm-hmm. after that. Um, but the the hardest part is you do all that work up front. If you've done a good job, your hypothesis should be supported. But if you haven't really done that good of a job or you misinterpreted something you found, you do all this work up front, bing, bang, boom, you analyze your data and you find no significant results. It's the most depressing part of quantitative. Um, <laughs> I also find it, it's the analysis is the funnest part. It's my favorite yeah. part is analysis, but it's absolutely depressing when you don't find significant results because that means our study is done. We can't publish it. <laughs> That's it. Um, all the more reason to take your time and carefully, really carefully design a really good study that is thoroughly supported by a, a good theory. Um, yeah, which is that's it's different from from qualitative, like you said, where the heavy lifting is in the interpretation of the data, um, the end sort of sort of stuff. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think that the I think that the food metaphor works really well here with 
Um, so for quantitative research, and I, I'm kind of laughing to myself because I am such a quantitative cook. Like I want the recipe. I want to go to the grocery store, get exactly what I need because I like, I know I need to fix you know dinner for X occasion. Mm -hmm. And then you, so you do, you follow everything step by step. It's very, um, um, scripted yeah. and then, and then, you know, you cook it. And at the end, you should technically have a delicious meal or, you know, like something to publish because you followed this very careful plan. Yep. But then sometimes your meal is terrible. You're like, Oh my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What have you fixed? This is awful. Yeah. Um, and that's super disappointing. Yeah. And I'm trying to think of like, what's so for more of a qualitative approach, it would be like, huh, want to fix something and this is completely my husband's approach to cooking so he'll like wander the grocery store oh this looks good this looks good drop things in a basket come home and then th th somehow he puts things together and winds up with something that is delicious yeah um, or at least interesting and that's you know so qualitative research you can you can spend a lot of time interviewing people and having observations and not necessarily um, come up with a publishable study. So it's not like either quantitative or qualitative, you're, you know, always guaranteed something, mm -hmm. but it's just, a, um, it's a very different approach. Although I will say with um, qualitative research, if you, um, it, it, emergent, emergent design is really common. So you'll start with this question that interests you. Um, and then you probably, so you'll have your central research question, your guiding research question, and then you'll develop sub-questions. And you might find in your process of data collection that one of your sub-questions is really where the interesting things are happening. And so you shift your study to focus on yeah. that piece. And I can't imagine, and quantitative research doing that kind of fishing expedition. No, I mean, that also, that almost would be harking like we talked about in the last podcast episode, hypothesizing right. after results are known, like that kind of fishing expedition, we absolutely would not do. Um, yeah. But we do, you know, we, we will ask research questions, um, you know, every, every once in a while, like I said, when we don't have theory telling us what to expect, or we don't have previous research that tells us what to expect, so kind of talking specifically about when do we use each one, again, with the hypothesis, we use a hypothesis in quantitative research when we have a clear-cut expectation of what we're going to find in the data. But a research question we would use when we're not quite sure what to expect. And one example that I've actually done was um, our research question was what types of support are in Facebook comments. So a person posts their Facebook status, and then we looked at all the comments that someone posted, or that a bunch of people posted to that status. And what we did is we had, and actually I talk about this in my COM 318 class as well, um, there are like eight different types of support. So that's my literature review part, is eight different types. Okay, I don't know which of those eight to expect in Facebook comments. I just mm -hmm. know eight types exist, but I don't know what I'm going to find in the comments specifically. So that's why we ask that research question. So it's a quantitative content analysis. Um, and so we we can do it. We can fi we find the answer that in and of itself won't be publishable, though. We had to do more. Um, we had to actually do some quantitative analysis then with some of that stuff. But that's an example of a quantitative research question that I actually have published. Um, but we do have an existing code book that we though we you know we don't know what we're going to find but we know we're going to find those types of support yeah yeah right exactly
And you could do some kind of um, qualitative study around Facebook comments, and you might have a research question that asks, how is support expressed in Facebook comments? And then you would take a look and see, well, how what's what's going on here? And then you would may uh, you and you would still do what you did in terms of the content analysis of the um, the more quantitative approach to this. You still at some point would go back to the literature and say, oh, well, we know that there are these eight ways that support is expressed, and here's how what we found um, su um, supports the literature, or how it doesn't. And you also might find, um, I know, but you might find if in a qualitative project, if you were looking at Facebook comments, maybe there would be some other dimension of how people are responding to posts that you find interesting. So you kind of go just in a different direction from how you initially started. Okay. So maybe like you're looking for support, but then you start to notice this other sort of pattern. Would that yeah. be kind of how, like you start to notice something you didn't that's not related to support, but it's definitely occurring frequently. So then that kind of shifts the direction away from being specifically at support and looking into what this new pattern is. That absolutely would not happen in, in a quantitative content analysis or with um, answering, you know, what types of support are in Facebook comments. We would code for those specific eight. And if we found a comment that did not fit one of those existing categories, we would code it as NC, not codable, not coded. And that's it. And we don't care what it actually is. Is it support? Is it not support? It, nope. We just know it's not one of the eight. And so that's it. Whereas with qualitative, it sounds like you would be more, hmm, what is this? What is going on? Why do I have so many not coded comments? Definitely yes. more creative. It, it sounds like qualitative is definitely more creative. And I think your use of research questions allows you to do that, to be more creative in what you're finding and what you're looking for. Yes, and that, and I love, I love your not coded example because that's that's exactly what you would do with qualitative research. You would really unpack what's going on in this situation, and that's how qualitative research adds to the conversation of our, our knowledge based on, you know, whatever phenomena we're looking at. Mm -hmm. So you can, so, and it's so lovely how these two things can work together. You, you like, oh, we found this. Well, let's go unpack it in this different context or using a different research approach. Yeah. So we've got, so I think, I think we're at wrap up kind of place. So in terms of when to use, which you have a hot, well, hey, I can do this. I'll say, I'll say for hypothesis and you say for research question. So for hypothesis, it's when you have a specific claim, you ex you're expecting to find something, you want to be able to predict the outcome and a hypothesis is a statement. Yes. Research yes. question. Yeah. Well, in qualitative, um, <laughs> I'll take your spot in qualitative, the research question allows you to describe what you're seeing in a, in a way or look for a better understanding of a phenomenon. It gives you a deeper context-based understanding of the situation that you're looking at. Is yes. That, okay. Exactly. Exactly. And it is unlike a hypothesis, it is actually a question and it needs yeah. to be for qualitative research, at least it needs to be a very open-ended question, meaning that it doesn't have a yes or no answer. It's a more complicated answer than that. Yeah. And a, a quantitative research question, also a question, but it can definitely be closed-ended. A lot of times it is a closed-ended question. All right. I think that's a wrap. You got it. Yep.
That's it. So I want to remind everyone, make sure you email us with any questions you have at, oh, I'm an L dot Manning. Nope. Uh, nope. What? Oh, L you do Manning. it. <laughs> That's L Manning, no dot. Mm -hmm. L Manning at cnu.edu or Brianna dot Lane at cnu.edu. <laughs> That's it for Q2. That's it for Q2. <laughs>